This is Rob Russell from Black Laces, and this is episode three. Today we're going to take a look at Brian Flores, the ex-coach of the Miami Dolphins, comparing him to Adam Gase, the previous coach of the Miami Dolphins. They both won 25 games in three years in the NFL. And with Black Laces here, we're going to examine sports, race, and we're always going to start really from the perspective that I had growing up from Boston, Massachusetts. Boston is the city of champions, and it is the epicenter of sports. We had Ted Williams, Bill Russell, Larry Bird, Pedro Martinez, David Ortiz, Bobby Orr, Marvin Hagler, Doug Flutie. But we're also the epicenter of race, and we've had our share of incidents, I would say, over the years. And I'm not going to go back into the 1950s, 1960s, but I am going to start, as usual, in the mid-70s. That's when I started following the Red Sox. And as you know, we've had Jim Rice and Fred Lynn. They were dubbed the Gold Dust Twins. And that's my starting point. And I offer anyone to go look up their careers and just the way the Boston fans and media looked at Fred Lynn, who played here five and a half years, versus Jim Rice, who played here 13 years. But in 2022, we really do have an issue with Adam Gase and Brian Flores regarding the NFL. Brian Flores was Bill Belichick's de facto defensive coordinator when they won their last Super Bowl. And they probably won't win another Super Bowl for a long, long time. They had such good fortune. But beyond that, uh, Brian Flores went to the Miami Dolphins, and he inherited an absolute dumpster fire from Adam Gase. And he won 25 games over three years. He started out, I believe, 0-7 last year and ended up uh, uh, with the winning record at 9-8. and 17 games, if I can add correctly. Very impressive. So, you know, the reports that Brian Flores, uh, the players didn't like him. We heard this when he got fired and he went for interviews for a new head coaching job. They said the players don't like him. They don't buy into him. And that is complete crap. No coach can start the season 0-7 and end up with the winning record, including beating uh, the greatest coach of all time, Bill Belichick, uh, two games. If the players are not buying into you, there's no professional team that can start out 0-19, whether it's in basketball or 0-5 in football, and recover unless they buy into the coach, unless they like the coach. Not that you have to be liked, we know that, but let's not put this negative spin on Brian Flores. It is impossible to start 0-7 and then end up with the winning record as he did and get fired But and hear that the players didn't like them. If they didn't like them, they would have lied, uh, laid down the last 10 games, in which they did not. They played for him incredibly hard. So the owners and the general manager of the Miami Dolphins started a smear campaign against Brian Flores. 
there's no way that he didn't do an exceptional job given that roster. No one can tell me that beating Bill Belichick, coming back from an 0-7 start, is really, really an impressive job. And you counter that with uh, Adam Gase, who his, in his three years at Miami, they started out very well, and then they proceeded each year to do uh, a little bit less than good, worse. They did worse every year, and he got fired. So why, is, why are the two of those so important? Because Adam Gase, he got fired for the Miami Dolphins, and the big, big market of New York, uh, the Jets, they hired him within a week of being fired. Adam Gates, Gates went from the Miami Dolphins to the New York Jets. Big market. You've got to be good with the media, which he's never been. And uh, the Jets can really hire anyone they want. They've got all the money in the world. It's a top, top franchise. Whether they've won in the last uh, 30 years or not, it's a top franchise. It's a coveted job. And so is the New York Giants. And that really leads me to a very big discussion. Brian Flores uh, applied for the New York Giants position, and they went with Brian Dable. And as you know, uh, Bill Belichick has been close to the Myra family for many, many years. And um, he obviously had influence on Brian Dable getting that job he then texts Brian Dable and says congratulations uh, only he didn't text uh, Brian Dable he texted um, uh, uh, Brian Flores and Brian Flores of course says hey w- what's going on here he has an interview scheduled and so we know that it was a sham interview with the New York Giants and that's where this race comes into it Brian uh, Flores has won 25 games in the NFL. Very impressive. He's gotten to uh, cut his teeth against uh, Bill Belichick. And now the uh, very strong team of the Buffalo Bills. And uh, they decide, the Giants, to go with Brian Dable. Brian Dable did work for Bill Belichick. And so did Brian Flores. But it shows that Brian, uh, Bill Belichick was in Brian Dable's camp to be the head coach of the New York Giants. And it's it's a very interesting thing because you have someone who coached 25 games as a head coach, three years, an incredible experience. And we all know that head coaches, whether they come from college or the assistant ranks, they struggle their first time around, whether it's Pete Carroll or Bill Belichick, and then they get their sea legs. And if you can go 25, have a slightly winning record over three years, as Brian Flores did, you're probably a pretty damn good coach. And he cut his teeth against uh, Bill Belichick, and he did quite well. However, that was not good enough. And so it brings me to the thing, does winning matter in the NFL when it considers race, the color of one's skin? And again, 70% of the players of black, but only 5% of the coaches. Brian Flores has, he's a top coach in the NFL. He's a top 15 coach. He's going to emerge that uh, in his next time around. But when somebody takes a 
you know, one of the uh, interesting things in pro sports is they used to say that college coaches uh, couldn't succeed at the in the professional ranks. They were rah, 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 you know, cheerleaders, the Pete Carroll type. That's not true. The reason why they don't succeed is because they take an absolute dumpster fire. When you haven't, when you've explored all other avenues, you finally say, let's go dip into the college pool. So it's a very unfair thing that college coaches have had to endure over the last 30, 40 years. The same thing. When an NFL team right now hires a black coach, they're not hiring them with a playoff-ready team. They've tried the offensive coordinators. They've tried the retreads. It hasn't worked. And so the, the Brian Flores thing to me is one where the National Football League says we're the most competitive league. We only hire the best. And owner, and fans say owners can hire whoever they want. I'm not saying that the Giants uh, did not hire the best coach for them. But this situation with Brian Dable versus uh, uh, Brian Flores is something to look at. The 32 team owners, they want to have the best, but it really is not the best. When Steve Belichick, Shanahan, Kyle Shanahan, uh, Nathaniel Hackett, their fathers coached in this league, and yet now they're head coaches. Uh, Jerry Rice's son is not a wide receiver. Why? Because they had to go through the combine, they had to go through tryouts, and they actually had to submit what they could do. But in coaching, that's not the case. So do you really get the best coaches? My argument is you're not getting the best coaches. There's a lot of nepotism. There's a lot of, well, a white man is going to recommend another white man. And the NFL owners feel um, empowered by that, and they continue to do it. So the Rooney Rule, which came into effect probably, I'm guessing, 17, 18 years ago, has made a difference. It will continue to make a difference. And I've heard that uh, they say uh, white folks have said there's reverse racism because if you hire a black coach, you're going to get draft picks. Well, how the heck can the NFL get the best coaches? And trust me, it is not the best coaches are not 5% black. If 70% of the players are black, I would say that at least you should be up to 25 or 30% if you really are the best. You think about it. When a, when a uh, Steve Jobs or Bill Gates, these great computer people, they ran the companies pretty well, didn't they? They were designers and they were uh, engineers. They could do a pretty good job. Just imagine if all the computer companies in the United States were run by accountants or they were run by a certain group and not the people that actually worked 15, 18 hours a day. And I'll give you an example with Jerry Rice. How could you question his work ethic? Someone who makes the NFL as a wide receiver or safety, they've worked pretty damn hard. They know how to work in the weight room. They know how to uh, conditioning and off-season drills and eating right and you're going to take someone that looks like Andy Reid's son as a, uh, and promote him, someone who's not taking care of their body, obviously doesn't look like they work out. So those are things that are, that are observable. But the NFL continues, continues, and, and white folks in the media say, well, they could hire, they're hiring the very best. They're not hiring the very best. We know that. 
If you look at the Giants hiring the last five coaches after uh, Tom Coughlin was really shown the door slash retired, it's it's a crapshoot. They've hired people that no records, no nothing, but again, they're white and their their um, resume it's it's one uh, dozen of eggs versus uh, half dozen oranges. What's the difference? But the difference is it always goes to the Joe Judges or the Brian Dables. It never really goes to Eric Bieniemy or Tom Brady's offensive coordinator, who I can't think of, who probably deserves to be a head coach. If he were white, he he would have already been hired because uh, offensive coordinators, as you know, if you win a Super Bowl, you get a job. But that didn't work out for Eric Bieniemy, and uh, it's not going to work out for Tom Brady's uh, offensive coordinator. So when you look at sports and the NFL specifically, you got to say, are you seeing the very best? And again, Larry Bird's son, Magic Johnson's son, they're not in the NBA. Uh, Pete Sampras's son is not playing tennis. Jack Nicholas's son is not hitting golf balls. Why? It's competition to get the very best. And again, you look at it and you say, well, uh, Nathaniel Hackett, uh, Kyle Shanahan, Steve Belichick, well, they really didn't go by a they didn't go through a combine, did they? They they showed up every day, sure, ten hours a day, but that doesn't make them a great coach. That has no um, bearing on being a great coach or even having the knack for being a great coach. But I would say that if you played in the game and you worked your ass off and you looked at tape like a Jerry Rice, you probably would make a very good coach. Or James Lofton, you'd make a darn good coach, but that's not the way it works. Offensive coordinator positions, they really only go to uh, uh, people with white skin. And uh, that's, of course, who the television hones onto, the person with the headsets, the person, the decision maker, it's always the white guy. And until that changes, corporate America is probably not going to change. Corporate America mimics our sports society, what's in sports. And uh, they look at it and say, gee, uh, who's, who's the best salesman to get a promotion? Oh, it doesn't matter. We're just going to hire so-and-so. So if the NFL could hire the best, see more black people players, ex-players, as offensive coordinators. Remember, they've mastered the ballerina move on the sidelines, the double take, the double cuts, the post routes. Uh, I'm sure that they can coach the offense. But again, that doesn't happen. So the American public, they don't see the black player, ex-player with the headsets. They see a Steve Belichick with the headsets. Boy, he's smart. Isn't he brilliant? So again, a lot of white folks think that the NFL is uh, ra- reverse racism because they give draft picks when you hire a black uh, coach, but I don't see it as that. I'll never see it as that uh, until the NFL coaches have a combine where the very best get in, whether it's even at the entry level, then we will have the best coaches. But until then, we're, we're swamped with ex-fathers, uh, sons in the coaching and general managing ranks. The uh, 
Patriots hired the player personnel director is Grow. Well, his father was the New York Jets coach and was good friends with Bill Belichick. So the, the circle just keeps going and going and going. You can't be the most competitive league until women, yeah, women, blacks, can get the jobs and may the best person win and your record speaks for your success, your path down for, for the future. But it didn't work that way. We, I've mentioned it. I'll keep mentioning it forever. Lovey Smith and Tony Dungy were 27-5. and five. The NFL supposedly is a copycat league. They didn't copy that recipe of 27-5. and five. In fact, within two years, I don't think there was a black coach or it had the fewest amount one or two years later because they'd rather hire a Joe Spagnolia. They'd rather hire a Joe Judge. Uh, Joe Judge, if you ever listen to him, or a Matt Patricia, they're not well-spoken, not well-spoken at all. They come across as uh, less than smart, and it's amazing that Joe Judge even got a position this year with the Patriots uh, naming, uh, not naming an offensive coordinator. Uh, Joe Judge was asked a couple of times uh, about the play calling, and, and you should listen to him on YouTube or whatever, and you'd say, gee, the Giants hired him over Eric Bieniemy. They hired him over Brian Flores. Are you kidding? This is a man that could not put a, a sentence together about football, and that's what I, I would believe you have a Ph.D. in football if you've been around it for so long. So, again, this is my third episode. I hope you enjoyed it. And, again, you must view things differently. And Adam Gates and Brian Flores is is a de facto example of the way owners view the black coach versus the white coach. And when you look at that, you must look at the parallels of both of them went to New York City for jobs. One got it, one didn't. And it's the same market, but if you look beyond the numbers, you would have to say that Brian Flores was a better coach Anyone that can get a team off the mat from that's 0-7, they must like you, and uh, they must want to play for you, and that's about 90% of coaching in the NFL. How do I know this? That's what they say. they got to like you. they got to buy into the system, and you hear it countless times about the media saying that uh, you either have great credentials like a Bill Belichick or a Pete Carroll, or they really got to like you to succeed in the professional ranks. College coaches, whether it's a Nick Saban, it's my way or the highway. But with the NFL union, limitation on practices, 50-plus man roster, free agency, they got to like you. So anyway, thank you. And this was another episode of Black Laces, and I hope to catch you around the next time.